I'm Rob. And I'm Nate. And welcome back to Rob and Nate Record a Podcast, or an alternate title for today's episode, Rob and Nate Tricked Themselves Into Watching More Michael Bay. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, today is week four of our Nicolas Cage theme month, which was intended to be alternating good and bad Nicolas Cage movies, or bad and good Nicolas Cage movies. How do you feel like this is working out for us so, so far? We lost the Cage match. Yeah. Though this week... Which this week this we week watched... This week was a little different. Yes, this week we watched the 1996 film The Rock. Mm-hmm. Or, I guess Nate's joke he wanted to make was, we watched The Rock. It was igneous. Yeah. It's kind of boring. Yeah. Just kind of sat there. Watched its contours. Dude. Yeah. I literally just stole all your lines from pre-movie. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. Yeah. Other, um, other than the obligatory Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson. Reference. Yeah. This film stars, obviously, Nicolas Cage as Stanley Goodspeed, Sean Connery as John Patrick Mason. It also features Ed Harris as General Francis Hummel, John Spencer as FBI, FBI Director Womack, David Morse as Major Tom Baxter, William Forsyth, Michael Bain, Vanessa Marcelli, Tony Todd, John C. McGinley, Ukeem Woodbine, who uh, is in Fargo Season 2. Yeah. Yeah, leaves an impression there. Claire Forlani. And I was looking for... Marshall T. I was looking for the guy that died. Don Simpson. He was a yeah. producer. Oh, that's right. Also had Willie Gar- Garson. Yeah, a few other people. What did you think of this, Nate? This is the first time I've seen this in more than 20 years since the late 90s. That long? It's, yeah, it's been a really long time. Yeah. And I remembered liking it, and I liked it again. Yeah. It, uh, we've had not a lot of good luck with some of the 90s things that we've, we've viewed, that they've, they've really dated. This, I don't think, dated. This is really solid. Uh, we joke about how it's Michael Bay. Michael Bay is notoriously Michael Bay. But this is probably the best film he made, at least that I've encountered. Yeah. I mean, it just works. It's solid. I completely agree. This is the the best Michael Bay film that I can recall. Most enjoyable. I think the cast helps him. Yeah. And the other thing that I would remark on that I think helps this film is by whatever mechanism, Michael Bay was limited in his explosions. Yeah. He still had some weird ones, you know, like the downtown that's, San Francisco. That sequence, the whole hotel escape that turns into the car chase. San Francisco car chase is great. It has a great energy to it. It works. It's kind of like Michael Bay has been parodying that ever since. It's like that is the platonic ideal of the Michael Bay action sequence, and he's never been able yeah. to replicate it. Yeah. Uh, this film also works because Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage unexpectedly have a good chemistry. And Jerry Bruckheimer, I think, adds to this as well, but mm-hmm. yeah, as, as a producer. But When did you first see it? I feel like I saw this probably in 97. I don't believe I saw this in the theaters, but I, I'm pretty sure I saw this pretty shortly after it came this, out. This on... is an R-rated film. Uh-huh. So the first time I saw part of it was on a debate bus trip when somebody decided to play it, and I was very outraged as a... 16, 17 year old, I don't watch our rated movies. Why are we playing this on the bus trip? Technically, we should not have been playing it on the bus trip. Yeah. But in hindsight, there's far, far more offensive things. But the first time I saw it all the way through would have been, I think, in 98 or 99 at a friend's house 
my good friends my senior year were uh, named Steve Jacob and uh, Rob Levitt, and we got together almost every weekend and did something. And one weekend, we watched this, I believe when it was on television, because that was, was our way it. to see it was because it was, it was edited. edited. Yeah, yeah, this was a network television broadcast. It's possible it had been taped like the night before, and we watched it later. I, I remember say, that's how I saw it. I think I, you may be onto something. I may have seen this for the first time when it was on TV in an edited version as mm-hmm. well, which I'm guessing probably was on ABC mm-hmm. because this has some Disney affiliation. Mm-hmm. I, it was sometime in the you know first couple of years after it came out that I first saw it. I liked it. I do recall renting it at a later time and watching it again, in, again in the late 90s. And then I've seen it probably two maybe three times mm-hmm. since then i don't think i've seen this probably since like 2014 or 2015 so we should talk about the plot yeah the quick plot overview is a mild-mannered chemist and ex-con must lead the counter-strike when a rogue group of military men led by a renegade general threaten a nerve gas attack from alcatraz against san francisco so you have your ed harris general hummel character who is upset about the outrages of soldiers having not been treated correctly after their deaths in secret yeah. combat missions, yeah. or even acknowledged, yeah. uh, received burial rights, those types of things. So he takes it upon himself to steal some VX nerve gas and some missiles to launch those, and they, him and a group of soldiers hole up on Alcatraz, take 81 civilians hostage and they threaten if they don't get a hundred million dollars they're gonna launch the the vx nerve gas on san francisco nicholas cage stanley goodspeed is a biochemist for the fbi who is sent to san francisco to go help with diffusing the vx nerve gas they have a little segment at, at the beginning to show how good he is at his job, where there's a miniature crisis. How calm under pressure. Yeah, where he has to defuse a biological bomb in the offices of the like, FBI, right? I assume so, yeah. In D.C., and he succeeds Yeah. Uh, with much more calm under pres- pressure than the associate that he was training. Yeah, who it is said was a trainee, mm-hmm. um, so maybe expected to lose his cool... And they bring in Sean Connery, who is John Patrick Mason, who, as we learn, is somebody who is technically supposed to not exist, but he is the only person to have ever escaped from Alcatraz. So they bring him back in as their Alcatraz expert to help them break into Alcatraz to try and defuse the missiles, get you know, stop this, these rogue, the rogue general and his group of soldiers from being able to launch the missiles. So, yeah. yeah. It's lots of action. It is a Michael Bay film. It's high pace. It's uh, fast tempo. Lots of action. Lots of fighting. All of those types of, all of those types of things. It's also a Jerry Bruckheimer, so it's got a strong score. Lots of yeah. music to it. Good score. Yeah. It sounds very reminiscent. The score sounds reminiscent of Pirates in the Caribbean. Yeah. I in some see ways. That. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Did you know this was nominated for an Oscar? No, but it doesn't really surprise me if it's some technical category. What do you mean by technical? Sound or special effects. Yeah, it was nominated for Best Sound. Sounds solid. Yeah. What else do you recall about this movie from your first viewing? Uh, Just that I liked it. Yeah? Yeah, and that was fun. And you feel like it held up fairly well? Yeah. 
Yeah. I think it probably helps that I don't think I've seen it since 1998. So <laughs> if you haven't seen something in 23 years, you probably don't have what the sharpest What stands out to you memory. in this viewing? The way that Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery work together, that they have a good, easy chemistry. You talked about earlier that this was supposed to have a sequel, and I would have liked to have seen a sequel. Yeah, I was going to get into that in a little bit. I was going to say, Michael Bay's idea for a sequel involves a now-married Goodspeed in possession of the microfilm evidence who finds himself pursued by the government and with nowhere else to turn, he's forced to ask Mason for help. Right. And I we, actually would like to see that. That would have been fun. And, and we need to explain more about Mason. Mason was uh, British intelligence typecasting. SAS. And he was uh, charged with getting secret files, stealing them from J. Edgar Hoover in the early 60s, and he was caught. At the Canadian border. And they held him basically indefinitely without trial and didn't really acknowledge he was in the system. And somewhere along the line, he became kind of a bed noir for John Spencer's character, who eventually becomes the FBI director. Yeah, He's well, obsessed Mac. with making sure this guy gets screwed over. Yeah. Uh, beyond the point of reason. Yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting. And I also, I, I guess you could say the film has to deal a, a little bit with moral grades, because I guess Connery's kind of a moral grade. He's a, he's a good character. He's a good. We find out about his daughter. He escaped long enough to have a daughter. <laughs> he escaped from prison and then he got caught again. And then Ed Harris is a kind of a moral gray character because his cause is just, but his methods are not good. Yeah. And he's kind of a conglomerate consolidation of, of storylines and things that really happen, people who have had outrages over different conflicts, yeah. things like that. What did you think about the, the microfilm? And, and when they're talking about how it's got these secrets, it's got who killed uh, JFK, JFK and information about the alien landing at Roswald in 47. Yeah. Now, the actor who played the President of the United States in this film, whose name I'm blanking, apparently also appears as the President of the United States in Armageddon, which I have not seen. Oh, really? I remember reading that. So this is in the same universe as Armageddon, and apparently there are aliens. So they could have continued to build this, the Michael Bay cinematic universe. Yeah. And have all sorts of colorful characters in it. Yeah, and uh, a weird, another strange connection for you. At the beginning of the movie, when Mason breaks you know, free of custody the first time and is mm -hmm. trying to flee the hotel, the guy who gets his car stolen by Sean, Sir Sean Connery, are you ready for this? Is the same guy who got his car stolen by Ed Harris in National Treasure Book of Secrets in 2007, another of producer Jerry Bruckheimer's movies, which also starred Nicolas Cage and Ed Harris. Mm -hmm. There was something about that guy. He was so much a character in you know one or two speaking scenes there's like there's something about this this guy yeah he's he's some kind of uh he's somebody we should know or he's an in-joke and i guess he's an in-joke yeah so apparently sean connery insisted that the producers build him a cabin on alcatraz because he didn't want to travel back and forth from from the mainland from san francisco to the island every day okay he got what he asked for well, sean connery does the pr premiere of this movie was held in the prison recreation yard on Alcatraz. And so one of the things that works about this film is Nicolas Cage's quirkiness in this. Yeah. Somehow they contained it just enough to make it work. But apparently it was Nicolas Cage's idea 
to have his character never swear in the movie. Though he does once say, how in the name of Zeus's butthole. Yep, and that was something he improvised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It has that flair. Yeah. While they were filming this, Alcatraz was apparently still open to the public. So members of the public on tours were watching them film the movie at various times. Though in 1995, in December 1995, you, you'll remember this, the federal government, which owns Alcatraz, partially shut down. But, you know, because of budget talks in 1995, Mm -hmm. the filming continued. So that was the only time that they filmed without visitors present on the island. Mm. So. So the real villain was not Ed Harris. It was Newt Gingrich. (laughs) This has another very odd connection for you. Are you ready for this? Sure, sure. What is the connection between this and the Iraq Wars? I'll be curious to learn. Yeah, no guesses? No, but I, I, it, it does make me think about... I love movies from this era where they have to talk about the last conflict they were in. It's always the Persian Gulf War. It kind yeah. of makes me laugh a little bit. Yeah. So in 2016, the Chilcot report on Britain's involvement in toppling Saddam Hussein noted that one agent who had falsified claims about observing weapons of mass destruction in Iraq had based his description of those weapons on the nerve gas missiles featured in this movie. I get convincing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a unique movie. It's quirky. It's yeah. It's good. It's not over much quirky. No, I, I mean, it, like it's got the Nicolas Cage quirk to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's the right amount of Nicolas Cage quirk. You know, it it it's it's a really it's a really solid action movie. It's got the right amount of humor to it. It's got you know a, a, we already went through the cast, but it is a solid cast. Yeah, and a a, a strong cast. <laughs> and it just works and. It begs the question, why wasn't Michael Bay able to replicate this? Because he wasn't as restrained. Mm. In fact, there's some things in the trivia notes about how at various times he was at odds with the Disney execs. Mm. And at one point, he was getting ready to go to a meeting with Disney, with Disney executives. And evidently, Sean Connery showed up in golf clothing mm-hmm. and asked him what he was doing. He told him. And Sean Connery asked to go with him. So they show up at the meeting, and Michael Bay walks in and out from behind him, steps Sean Connery, and evidently Sean Connery had some choice words for the Disney executives and told him that he was doing fine and to let him do his thing. Mm-hmm. And so Disney allowed things to keep going without interference, and you know. But it was he was restrained. There was one point where he, Michael Bay, walked off set, and they threatened him with a sixty million dollar lawsuit, and he was only gone for an hour and came back and continued working. Yeah, you know things like that. I mean. If you allow Michael Bay to, to run off script, you end up with giant gasoline explosions like mm-hmm. we saw at the end of the first Bad Boys. We see one, well, two in this movie. There's one uh, in the San Francisco chase scene when the car hits the, the telephone pole. Mm-hmm. Nothing explodes like that into a telephone pole. And then at the end we have the, you know, what was supposed to be a thermite explosion. You know, it was only filmed basically from the air. At least that's the only view we really see of it. But that's a large gasoline explosion. Oh. Michael Bay loves his gasoline explosions. Oh, Solid movie. I recommend. So uh, how would you rate this movie? I would rate this film a solid three stars on the four-star scale and somewhere between seven and eight on the ten-star scale. Yeah, I think we're pretty closely aligned on this. I'd give this three on the four-star scale, and I'd give this eight out of ten on the ten-star scale. Do you know anything about how it was received? I think it was received like middling well. Yeah. 
This has an aggregate score on IMDb of 7.4, but its Metacritic score is only 58. 66% on Rotten Tomatoes. Which is... It's a B. Fair, yeah. Do you know much about its budget or box office? This had an estimated $75 million budget, so very large budget. I mean, you'd have to have a large budget for that cast. Its opening weekend was $25 million, and a U.S. domestic gross of $134 million, and a worldwide gross of $335 million. Solid hit. Makes you wonder why they never got around to the sequel. Yeah, that's a lost opportunity. Yeah, and obviously you can't make it now. Yeah. But I recall, like on first viewing, I liked this as much. I'm trying to think of... of other Nicolas Cage movies that I liked as much did, on first viewing. Did you like it as much as Con Air? I liked this much more than yeah, Con Air. it's good. I was going to say, I don't recall... I mean, I didn't see Con Air until a little bit later, but the other one that stands out that I liked in, you know, comparably to this was the first time I saw National Treasure, which I also have not seen in quite a few years, and I'm kind of curious to see how it would hold up, but I'm not so sure how Never it Never seen those. Haven't you? No. Really? I've hardly seen a Michael Bay movie. I've never even seen Armageddon. I've seen none of the Transformer movies. Yeah? Well, he didn't do National Treasure, did he? Yeah. That's what I think so. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, National Treasure was directed by John Turtletob. Yeah, I don't see his movies either. No? Yeah. Turtletob. He did While You Were Sleeping and Phenomenon and Cool Uh, Runnings. I've seen Phenomenon and Cool Runnings. I haven't seen While You Were Sleeping. You should see While You Were Sleeping. Anyways, maybe that's something you'll have to do this summer is all the National Treasure movies. <laughs> yeah. How would you rank the four movies we watched this month? This one's easy. Reverse order in which we watched them. So the best movie was The Rock, followed by Mandy, Con Air, and USS Indianapolis. And your rating is the same as mine. Uh-huh. I knew it. Yep. Well, you knew USS Indianapolis was going to be at the bottom for yeah. me. Yeah. Because I really didn't like that movie. Yeah, this is... I don't know if we've ever have we probably I think once I think I've had a month where it was in reverse order, or maybe maybe I'm thinking about well the you might have had them in reverse order. I think this is the first time that we've actually fully aligned on the order. Yeah, I think usually we end up swapping one or two around. Mm-hmm. Anything else to say on but, the rock? At least the month got better. It, at least it ended on a high note because we were kind we of. We finally got a good Nicolas Cage movie at the very end. We squeezed. <laughs> well, it in. I mean, we technically have had other good Nicolas Cage movies on the podcast, like Matchstick Men, Bad Lieutenant. We just have exhausted some of the good Nicolas Cage before we got to Nicolas Cage month. Mm-hmm. So, anything else to add on this one? We should do Sean Connery month. We certainly should. That should be on our list for next year. Mm-hmm. That would be. Man, how how what would you populate that with? And it can't just be Bond. Maybe maybe one Bond. Well, you can have one Bond. Mm-hmm. But if we're going to consolidate it to four movies, you can't have more than one Bond. That's not really related to our Nicolas Cage <laughs> topic. <laughs> <Okay>. Although, <laughs> speaking of which, this is the week that the Frenzy episode dropped in which we had a prolonged discussion about murder among the Mormons. Yes, so uh, it uh, doesn't necessarily mean that we don't go off on tangents. Yeah. So, yeah. Anything else to add on this one? No. Okay. I'm Rob. I'd be Nate. And this is Rob and Nate Record a Podcast. I didn't dive too heavily into the trivia, but there were some other funny ones. Oh, apparently this is Michael Bay's favorite of his own movies. Yeah, I don't blame him. Yeah.
Oh, apparently Ed Harris could not stop laughing at the actor playing the tour guide at Alcatraz. And he said he just had the giggles that day. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've seen that guy in, especially commercials in the late 90s. Yeah. And I believe he might have been in an episode of Babylon 5. Hmm. Playing a maintenance worker. Yeah, evidently Arnold Schwarzenegger was offered the role of John Patrick Mason. No. Yeah. I disagree. <laughs> this is actually entertaining. I hadn't read this before right now. The car chase in San Francisco turned out to be the biggest cluster I've ever done in my entire filming career, said my, director Michael Bay. He said getting clearances for even a two-block stretch required thousands of signatures, and when they fell behind on the shooting schedule, it resulted in a trio of studio reps arriving to give him a stern talking. Luckily, Sean Connery offered to sit in, which tempered their raming somewhat. So that's at least twice Sean Connery stepped in to help Michael Bay in filming of this movie. Oh, in the scene in the interrogation room where FBI agent Stanley Goodspeed introduces himself to John Mason, Sean Connery, John Mason replies, but of course you are. This is exactly the same line he used when he met Plenty O'Toole in the casino scene in the Bond movie Diamonds Are Forever. Oh. Producer Don Simpson was largely responsible for creating the critical General Hummel character. Simpson watched a 60 Minutes from 1993 segment about the U.S. government's refusal to acknowledge soldiers who had died during covert missions overseas, and later read Colonel David H. Hackworth's memoirs, which harshly criticized U.S. planning during the Vietnam War. He combined those elements into Hummel's character, and Jonathan Hensley described created a really compelling villain, a soldier with a noble end, but unfortunately psychotic means. Mm -hmm. This was actually fun. Yeah, it was good. I'm glad we I'm did glad. this one. I'm, yeah, I'm glad we got to revisit it. Yeah. I will probably never see it again. You don't think so? Yeah. Unless it just happens upon it. It's not so. If you stumbled upon it, you wouldn't turn it on? Well, I don't know. You know, if I see it in another 23 years and 2044. <laughs> You'll be listening to old episodes of the podcast yeah. and be like, I need to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're probably right now that I think about it. You gotta lean back. You've altered the sound <laughs> dynamic. Bloop, 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 bloop. That's not how you talk when you record. Bloop. I guess it's not really how I talk either. <laughs> you generally talk in a series of blurps, beaker like. No, what's the like ones that look like a sock and they're different colors and they just go bloop, 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 bloop. bloop. Yeah, I forget what that. I don't know their name. You're talking the Menomina guys? No. Oh, okay. Anyways. Oh, the, right. the, 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 uh, I'm trying to remember them. They're Sesame Street guys. Yeah. Yeah. Forget. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Psych, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to do? I hadn't committed. <laughs>